DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to welcome in our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Steve, a couple things have changed since the last time we had you on. I wasn't sure uh, what you would all be, t- be talking about these last few weeks. <laughs> well, they had to clean the arena, so we were off for four days with the weekend. And uh, I walked into the studio to see, yep, the arena's definitely been cleaned. I don't know the last time the studio looked like this. Holy cow. Somebody has definitely been in here cleaning. So uh, I'm curious, though, uh, you have, uh, as a coach, you've had teams go to the postseason, you know how important it was and how many memories it creates, but I don't think you ever had to tell a group of guys who'd clearly earned an NCAA tournament berth that they weren't going to the NCAA tournament. What would that be like? You know, it'd be really difficult. I, I, I tell you, I had, a, I had an experience when I went to Fresno, and uh, just to give a little bit of context, um, I remember... Uh, after going to the NIT a second year and uh, having a really good team, and, and all of a sudden we go to, I have to go to San Antonio to meet with the NC2A for significant violations, even, even a possible death penalty with Fresno State, and about 40 or 50 attorneys there in San Antonio, and I had a chance to speak to them, and we're basically, I'm there with the president of the school, and it's one of those things where, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. They, I had a chance to speak for about 30 minutes in that meeting. Ultimately, the death penalty wasn't given to the university for infraction that, infractions that had taken place. But at, at the end of the day, it was one of the tough things is when I had to go into the locker room with a group of guys and tell them there'd be no postseason play. And, and that was before the season started. And, uh, and I know how difficult that was on them because we felt like we had a really good group and had a chance to, to go something, but nothing like BYU uh, or Utah State and, and having experienced that uh, a great, great seasons, uh, so many stories, uh, so many evidences of just uh, teams that were together and had great toughness and all the chemistry and culture things that were good. And then to take that all away from them. I mean, both BYU and Utah State had teams that could uh, win games in this tournament. So, and, and it's been a while for BYU since being in the tournament. USU obviously was there. So uh, those are heart-wrenching things. And you just, uh, I mean, you feel a little bit sorry for yourself as a coach, but you really, really feel bad for these young people who have given you everything that they have. There's nothing that you can do about it. And uh, so you focus on the positives, you know, and, and there are a lot of positives for both of those teams that would have been in the tournament going forward, but nothing kind of takes the hurt out. They'll have some opportunities to meet, I know, as a team. They'll probably have a banquet and celebrate the season, but uh, not the same thing, and especially when both of these are really special teams. Just for clarification's sake, those infractions took place before you got there. Yeah, they Make did. Sure. Uh, there was a series of infractions that took place, and uh, it was it was kind of a dark time. You know, I, it wasn't something that I thought was going to happen. I thought it had been resolved, and uh, yeah, that was a really difficult thing for everybody involved. But don't, we, you know, the same thing. And we had young people and uh, that were, you know, had been brought there, and and all of a sudden that thing kind of. The, you know, the floor fell out on everybody. And, and, and it was really difficult after that, to be honest with you. We got six years of probation, 
and uh, a lot a lot of things that made it really difficult that were unforeseen when I got there. Um, but I can remember the disappointment in in their eyes and how difficult that was, and how angry they were, and uh, so. But this this is a situation that's so much more positive in the sense that they did special things and they're going to celebrate that, and uh, but they're not going to have a chance to play. So, um, yeah, it's just, it, 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 there were two very difficult things, but I remember that it wasn't that different going into that room and telling young men who were excited about the upcoming season that there would be no upcoming season, there would be no NCAA tournament. Steve Cleveland joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Care to speculate on how it would have turned out for BYU and Utah State? You know, I, 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 you know I'm like you. Depending on where it looks like BYU was going to be a fifth seed. And uh, I, I saw so many different scenarios. But both teams, uh, I, I believe, would have had great opportunities to win a game. I mean, both of these teams have such great shooting, uh, good defensive teams, well coached. They had enough depth uh, to to kind of get through a tournament format, and you know both of them. I mean, I, I can't imagine neither one of them not winning. And I know BYU came off a tough uh, a tough loss to St. Mary's, but they had plenty of time to get back ready and be prepared for that. And uh, with so much shooting, and of course Utah State had a three game winning streak going on, winning the Mountain West Conference tournament. So. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think both of those teams, depending on the brackets, could have been potential Sweet 16 teams. You, don't, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But the talent was there. The coaching was there. The experiences that they had, two very confident teams trusting each other and basically all in. And so it wouldn't, I don't think it would have surprised anyone. I think a lot of the prognosticators thought that BYU could be a Sweet 16 team. And... Uh, and anytime you got Sam Merrill on your team, anything can happen with Utah State. He had an amazing tournament and got them back to uh, where everybody kind of, thing kind of thought they would be preseason. I don't think anybody saw San Diego State coming out of that thing like they did. But, uh, yeah, lots of disappointment, but also uh, a lot of love from a lot of people. And I think they, the players, I'm sure, and the coaches have felt the love from their communities. So the Jazz situation, you know, from a basketball standpoint, what I wanted to ask you, because uh, you know uh, Adrian Wojnarowski actually used to work in Fresno, was in our conference when we were back in that, doing it way back when. And so I trust the guy. I've known him for 25, 30 years, and he reports that there was some friction there with Gobert and some of the Jazz folks. And then Donovan Mitchell goes on Good Morning America, and he says you know, he needed some time to cool off, basically acknowledging that there was some tension there and Gobert doing what he did, and he's apologized and all that stuff. Not that I matter, but I certainly... Uh, forgive the young man for doing what he did and, and life goes on and all that and hopefully for the best of everybody but from a basketball standpoint I personally don't see this over the long term as being an issue whenever they get back out on the floor you don't have to be the best of buds I think they're charged with a mission and that's to win as many basketball games as you can you've been in situations where locker rooms you've had conflict between individuals maybe even coaches who knows what was going mm-hmm. on there how do you play all that out to make Make sure you're still focused on what the task is all about. Well, at some point in time, they're they're going to get back together, and and I think that's the responsibility of the coaching staff. To you know, 
I think before you even have a team meeting, you sit down with each individual player. What's your experience been like? How are you doing? I mean, that'd be the first thing that I would do. I'd want to get one-on-one, kind of find what their mindset is, what's going on, how's your family, make that kind of contact. Uh, and, and then, I, you know, it's kind of, if it's the big old elephant in the room, then you talk about it. And, you know, where are we at? What's going on? And he's gonna, they're going to have a chance to talk to Rudy. They're going to have a chance to talk to each other. And then I think once you've done that, you've talked to it with the coaching staff, you get a sense of it, you lead that discussion. There will be a narrative. And there probably were some hard feelings. Uh, and you know what? I, I think all of us, I'm like you. I mean, uh, it, there was some immaturity there and, and certainly uh, more, more from a lack of knowledge and understanding of what it was. Uh, I mean, everybody knows it's been and heard Rudy Gobert, pretty sincere, kind person. And I know he felt bad to the point where he's donating $500,000. That kind of tells you how important he thinks it is. And so I, I read Adrian's comments, I, you know, and uh, I, I, I heard you know, some recent things from Donovan on some Twitter stuff. But at the end of the day, these are pretty mature young men that will get together and work that thing out. Uh, but I, do, I don't think you're going to ignore it. And I do think you, you jump right into it with uh, – interviews and discussions with coaches and players. You bring the players together, talk about it. It gives Rudy a chance as well with all of his teammates to share what he shared. And then you move past it. You just move past it. I mean, who who hasn't done silly, dumb things? And it wasn't intentional. He wasn't trying to hurt. He didn't have, he had a lack of understanding. There's a big difference. When you've got understanding and you know everything on the table and then you act ignorantly, then there's going to be issues. But that's not the case here. And uh, I don't, I don't see it being a problem. I think they work through it, but they do have to address it. They do have to address it. You don't want anything lingering. And they come if they happen to be able to have the opportunity to come back. I mean, they're in a situation in fourth place, or only a couple of games out of second place. They got a lot on the line, and it appears from what I'm reading that both of them are getting better and feeling better. And like any kind of a flu, uh, those things usually take a week or two. But uh, I can't imagine the NBA going back into business if anybody's still sick or if they are, they won't be participating. So um, that, that's my, those are my, that's my take on it. But I, I, I think that, uh, well, we just live in such a transparent world that you can't sneeze, say anything, do anything without the whole world knowing about it. And a lot of things are taken out of context and, you, you know, you just never get all the context on a Twitter feed. And uh, unfortunately we got millions and millions of people that's that's the foundation for all their information daily, and that's a little unfair to people that can't defend themselves. You know, I think when it comes to relationships, you know, there's a hundred things that go into it, and so we know one, two, three, four, five of them. Uh, so there's probably a lot to the relationship, both good and bad, that we don't know. So I think when you talk about the elephant in the room, they got to address all those things, whatever they are, and. PK and I don't know them, and you don't know them, and Jake doesn't know them. But I think the other thing that happens in sports is that people end up respecting or not respecting the way somebody plays. So you can have the elephant in the room discussion, but whenever they get back to playing games, however long that time period is, I think how you play. In Rudy's case, he's you know he's talked openly this season about wanting more shots. You know. Not asking for shots, not asking for the ball, defending, rebounding, running the floor, not saying anything would carry a lot of weight, I would think, the same way that clear the air discussion would. Am I right? 
Yeah, no, yes, yes. I, 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 I think everything on the floor means everything. It's, it's kind of like, you know what? I apologized. I've donated money. I clearly made a mistake in, in judgment, but it wasn't with full knowledge of what it was. It was just more my naivety and ignorance to what was going on. And I'm going to come out and just get after it. And I'm going to play the best I can to help this team. And, uh, you know, you don't have to talk about it anymore. You know, and I think once you, once you leave that room and once you leave that situation, whatever it is, we're not going back there. I'm not going to go back to let's focus on hoop. And, uh, yeah, I, I think all of those guys, uh, I, I think there'll be a focus. I, I think Rudy Gobert will come out and play with a vengeance and probably maybe even more so because he feels like he needs to prove to people his worth and his value to this team. And, and certainly he has a great value to this team. So uh, I think that's exactly how it will play out if, in fact, they actually have an opportunity to play again. And, it, it, this, it is so crazy that every morning I get up and read something different, and it appears that they are going to reevaluate and reassess after 30 days and see how this is going to play out. But there's also lots of things that we're reading away from sports that would indicate that this might be a two-, three-, four-month deal that nobody's doing anything. So hard to know to understand what to believe what not to believe. Uh, in California, uh, everybody 65 and over – is supposed to stay in their house and be quarantined for the next two weeks. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to wrap that, wrap that around my head right now. It's like, you, no, you got to be kidding me. And now it's not, they're not mandating it through police force or anything yet, but that's the recommendation from the governor. And we know this state at times can be really messed up with legislation and a lot of other bureaucracy stuff that uh, is a little crazy. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's all the things I'm reading – a, a lot of people don't feel that, that they're ever going to come back and play. I hope that is not true because I am dying. I mean, I realized uh, how shallow my life is <laughs> when I go home and realize that there's no basketball to watch, there's no, MB, there's no NC2A, no NBA, no golf. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, I got I to gotta start doing some other things in my life <laughs> if these things aren't going to be available to us. But I've really missed it. But we, we actually have done some good things as a family. I think a lot of people are indoors and doing things. And uh, that some of the things, I've, I've never really sat around and played games with my grandkids and done those kinds of things. So maybe this is good for me. i got to get reconnected with everybody. But it's, uh, it's been a really, really unique experience the last few weeks. So you've been in this business 35, 40 years. Uh, I don't know how much is going to surprise you anymore but were you surprised that rick patino gets another opportunity yeah i was and uh I just really surprised and i mean listen i i believe that people can change and uh i i apparently i don't know was he given a two or a three year stay where he couldn't take a job i i don't remember the details specifically um but people have short memories people want to win games uh, I'm, you know, everybody has value to him. Everybody can change. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to judge the man. He, you know, maybe he's made some significant changes in his life. There were a lot of inappropriate things that went on there. And I can't imagine a president or an athletic director not sitting down and going, having a thorough investigation that here's the things that have to happen. You committed to that. I mean, obviously he can coach. He's an iconic name and person in the, in the basketball business. It's going to help recruiting. 
He's back in New York. Um, but I was surprised. I, I really was surprised. I thought that, you know, I knew he went over to Europe and coached a little bit. I, I would. I don't know him well enough to say, hey, I felt always felt like he'd come back into college basketball. But yeah, there's a little risk there. And and uh, but I I can't imagine that any president or athletic director is going to bring him back and not have some really, really, really long discussions about compliance. Yeah, but he's going to sell tickets and fill seats. And oh, yeah. And oh, no. I, we, we all understand why he's going to sell tickets and he's going, to be a, he's going to be able to bring kids into that program. And Iona's always been kind of an up-paced, up-tempo team. Guys like to play that way. And he's in the heartland there of guys that can – can play so no it's it's going to benefit iona basketball in significant ways but i i would just if, you know if i'm i'm the leader I and mean, the leadership of that university you hope they address those things uh really loudly and you know and intently that hey what are your intentions why are you coming back why do you want to do this that would be different. why 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 do you want to come back here what are your intentions and i'm he obviously convince him that uh, he, he wants to be there, he wants to coach, and he, you know, I'm sure he wants to do all the things that every university wants their program to do. Um, again, I don't have a lot of insight to that, but I hope that discussion took place. Steve Cleveland joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Be safe. See you. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 65-year-olds being told to stay inside for two weeks. I saw something on Twitter. The guy was uh, flashing back to his childhood because now he's yelling at his parents for going out. It's bizarro times, PK. (laughs) Bizarro. Well, there's been a million things out there. I saw one, if you want to have a moment of uh, levity here, is a statement that uh, the kid I hired to clean the poop out of the yard just realized that we don't have a dog. That is a little toilet paper humor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) All right. Then I saw one of uh, Jack Nicholson, and, and it's in The Shining, and they're in the car driving into the hotel. What's that? That the boy, I don't remember the boy's name in the movie, and then I call her Olive Oil, whatever that lady's name, who was the actress. And the caption is, uh, being quarantined together for several weeks with your family. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox is going to join us at about 835. That's coming up right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Donovan Mitchell joining the growing list of players who are reaching out to help some people in need. He was on Good Morning America this morning and announced he'd be making a donation to support feeding kids in the Granite School District with uh, about 90 schools and over 30,000 kids uh, on free and reduced lunch. Donovan Mitchell make a donation. He also said that he doesn't feel any of the symptoms 
feels fine. Feels like you could play a seven-game series right now. That is one of the shocking things about testing positive for the coronavirus. NFL news. Tennessee Titans given a four-year contract extension with quarterback Ryan Tannehill worth up to $118 million, $62 million fully guaranteed. Chris Sims of NBC Sports says the 49ers are sticking with quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, will not pursue Tom Brady. Sims says it's now down to the Bucs and the Patriots as Brady approaches free agency. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res leaves no dirt attracting residues behind, so your carpets stay cleaner longer. Schedule your cleaning day for just $33 per room. Clean three areas. Your fourth is free. Call Zero Res for details at 801-288-9376 or check them out online at zeroresaltlake.com. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Just spoke with Steve Cleveland. Our basketball insider, Iona, goes for Rick Pitino. He was a little surprised, PK. You weren't earlier this morning. No, no dignity, no shame left. How do you win games? How do you fill seats? How do you sell tickets? How do you sell sponsorships? Rick Pitino's how you do it. Well, Pitino's a phenomenal college basketball coach. I think his record speaks for itself, obviously. Uh, it's the other issues that are around him. But as far as basketball goes and being able to recruit great players and coach them up, he's excuse me, he's arguably as good as it gets. But, you know, you're selling your soul for what price? Just to be clear, for those of you joining us, we are back after four days off, two for the weekend, two for the deep clean of the arena. And <laughs> it was somewhat comical walking in here. Oh, yeah. It's been cleaned. <laughs> Someone's been in here cleaning. So when you hear PK coughing. Well, that's good. Yeah, when you hear PK coughing, social distance is critical. PK's on remote from home. I'm in the studio. Yak's in a different room. Yak doesn't even walk in this room. I don't walk in that room. You could smell it when you walked into the arena yeah. this morning. They've but, done a r- thorough but job. But also, just, yeah, I know. <laughs> just what this room just looks like. Just in our like. studios, yeah. This little frat house. <laughs> like... Somebody's moms had been here like this is a the frat guys aren't running it anymore. So anyways, when you hear PK cough, no, he's not coughing on me. Social distance, people. Social distance. Well, it went it went down the other pipe there. It was not uh, drinking drinking know. water and it, yeah. Yeah, that's all it was. I have a couple of uh I always bring water bottles as we all do to work and so it did go down the wrong pipe and I'm back. It was not a cough that I hope is not from any illness. But when you listen to Donovan Mitchell speak this morning on Good Morning America, and we played it uh, earlier this morning, his five-minute interview, he's saying he never felt any symptoms and he still doesn't have any. Man, that's just crazy. But yet you tested positive? That doesn't make any sense to me. None of this does, though. I have a simple mind, obviously. Uh, But to have him say he's ready to play a seven-game series, I mean, I'm ready to watch a seven-game series, too, for that matter. 
Yes, we all are, and we won't be doing that for a while. The CDC with a uh, an announcement yesterday that they're recommending no groups bigger than 50 people for two months, 60 days. So you play that out to sports, and obviously, you know, baseball teams have 25 players each, and then you throw in the manager, the first and third base coach, the pitching coach, the bullpen coach, the umpires. Yeah, you're over 60. The peanut guy. The peanut guy, because you can't have baseball without peanuts. Peanuts! That's your peanuts! Oh. Got it. Right. I mean, that's just... And then all the concerts. I mean, I'm upset. Uh, the new name that I was uh, planning to see, Postpone Malone, I guess that's the new one, huh? Bum, bum, you, well you know, done. Post Malone had one last <laughs> concert. Was it Thursday night in Denver? I think it was the night after the yeah, NBA. You're correct. Was it Thursday or Friday? It was Thursday. I want to say Thursday. Yeah. It's like, the, what Thursday, are you yeah. doing? Well, he's postponed Malone. <laughs> and Cher, she's not going to be able to come. Although I saw that, uh, I think to their work. I assume they're working on rescheduling for everyone. I saw, sure, somewhere along the line, somebody told me that it was uh, going to be rescheduled for October. And uh, the, the opportunity to live a normal life and the normal routine, whatever your routine may be, is something that uh, you, know, you just can't take for granted. And I don't know that I took it for granted, but I certainly have grown to appreciate it even more. I've had some people text me. A buddy just said, I heard you coughing on the air. I relax. It was because I took a drink and all that. I I like to think I'm the bastion of health. I don't know that I am. I like to think that I am. I I know that I've been very fortunate with health, and others haven't been. And it's to be taken seriously. There's a lot more folks, millions, and who knows how many that are in a much more vulnerable situation than I am. Sitting here doing a radio show from my living room is not exactly a, a grueling situation for me. And I hope we all can can continue to function as much as possible. This is this is so freaking crazy, man. It is, and it's gonna uh, it's gonna be uh, crazy for uh, a little while longer. So I don't know. It, it, all the announcements and all the pronouncements. It seems like people are trying to be careful not to overreact, as you know, league shut down. You know, for two weeks or for four weeks or whatever. But when you see what the CDC said last night, just I got to assume it's going to be longer than that. And Steve Cleveland just on with us in the last segment was talking about two, three, four months. Are you ready for the NBA Finals in August? If if that's possible, I certainly hope it's possible. Um, I guess a few, a few. The NBA must be coming up with some plan for a few games that are regular season games that kind of act like a preseason to get everybody back in the flow of things. If you don't play for two months, that's going to have a big impact. So you'd think they need to play some games before the playoffs start. So looking at arena dates in uh, June, July, and August. Great. Yeah, I don't really care about that, uh, whatever they decide to do. For me, it'll be a celebration of being able to play. Not what format do they play, uh, do they just start to uh, give two weeks of preseason or it's, yeah, I use the word preseason, pre-playoff, and then base the playoffs on the records? Uh, I don't care about any of that stuff. Whatever they decide, I really don't care. And if they decide that they just need to shut it down and, and go ahead and do the thing, the regular schedule next year, or whatever, it's really irrelevant. I'm going to celebrate 
the return in whatever form it returns in. And the two, well, you know, you got your soccer that's been out, so when they return, I'm going to celebrate that. And then when MLB and minor league, when they return, I'm going to celebrate that. And it's the same thing in the NBA. And if it's not till next October, I'll celebrate it then. What I, I really don't care what they come up with. It, to me, in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It's the fact that they're able to come back is the most important thing, and that's what I'm going to be excited about whenever it is, in whatever format it is. It's irrelevant to me. It won't matter in the least, but the fact that they'll be back, that's the day that I anticipate in all of our sports, when high school sports, uh, just summer league baseball and seven-on-seven football for the high school kids, whenever that is, is a day to celebrate, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, until then, we will uh, we will watch uh, thirty for thirties, and we will watch the MLB and NFL Network and Golf Channel documentaries. I'm learning more about Ben Hogan. I know the name. I didn't know that much about him. PK. He was tough guy. Yeah, and I'm actually a a documentary junkie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no doubt about that. And so I can get by on all that stuff. It doesn't. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but I can, it can because it does matter. But I can get by. There's not a question of what are we going to do. We'll find stuff to do, and we'll find stuff to talk about. I said this earlier for any of our advertisers. We'll find stuff. We went through 25 win jazz seasons, and nobody wanted to talk about that, and we survived that. That that's really not the issue. That's up to us. We'll handle that. That will be taken care of because we've already done it. And if we have to do it for longer, well, we'll just be able to be more creative. I view that as a fun opportunity. And in that way, our jobs become even more important because the games won't be there for the folks to have that diversion. So you turn on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, and we're going to provide that diversion in different ways. No problem. That's really not – This is that's a non-issue. I've had so many people contact me. Well, how's it going to be? I know. I'm not worried about that in the least. My wife was giving me uh, – Not at all. We'll come up with stuff. My wife was giving me ideas for uh, segments and topics this morning. I'm like, it, it's okay. We got this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We're not going to run out. Oh, certainly in the short term. Yeah, we're not going to run out of things to say today or this week. No. And, you know, even uh, even in a month or two, I don't... But keep keep tuning in to find out if we run out of stuff to talk about. I don't think we're going to. We've already had a little brainstorming session, come up with a few things, so... Waiting for the lieutenant governor here. Oh, there's a thousand things I out know, there. Right? Uh, waiting for the lieutenant governor. Hopefully he'll be able to join us here in a few minutes. But if he doesn't join us by 9, we'll have to reschedule for another day. Because we originally had him scheduled for 9, and then he moved it to 830, uh, 835 because he had something come up in the 9 o'clock hour. So I'd be surprised if we hear from him in the 9. But I know we've been teasing it this morning. I put it out there online. So we'll see. Something may have come up. And I guess at this so you're point— you're friends with him? Uh, no, but he follows me on Twitter, so I followed him and direct messaged him. Oh. Oh, okay. I, I thought maybe you were friends. No, seriously, I, I thought maybe you had some relationship along the way. Very, very slight. I have met him um, at games. I've seen him at a jazz game and at an RSL game. Talked to him both times. Uh, but I, haven't, I have not talked to him five times in my life. Oh. So, so I've met him. We're acquaintances. Because certainly we... 
Yeah, we've been around the governor a, a bunch of times. I've been around the governor a lot more Many than times. I've been around the lieutenant governor. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he knows who we are. I've seen him at uh, various events and talked to him. He's a big-time sports fan, so you can talk to him about sports uh, easily. Uh, well, his I, son-in-law yeah. was Ben Cahoon and still is Ben Cahoon. I see the governor uh, three times a year, and um, I see him. He comes in in the spring to Channel 2, and he'll come in and do a thing to advance the State of Sport Awards and do an interview on Talking Sports. And then we'll see him that night at the uh, State of Sport Awards when they actually do it, which has now been postponed. It was coming up here in a few weeks, but they postponed it. Uh, and then we would see him at the road home every year uh, because uh, the whole station goes there and broadcasts for two days. And a lot of politicians come through there. Although, ironically, I haven't seen the lieutenant governor there, I don't think. But uh, we've seen the governor. So, yeah, we see the governor three times a year. But I've, yeah, I don't think I've seen the lieutenant governor five times. And if I'm wrong, I know I haven't seen him ten. So, but no, we, we follow, once you follow, you know, if you follow each other on Twitter, the direct message thing, you just throw it out there and see what happens. So. There you go. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I thought maybe you you were boys. To an extent. <laughs> I've seen the governor more than a few times. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, we're going to get another break in here in case the lieutenant governor uh, calls. Then we'll be able to uh, give him a little more time. We'll see how it works out. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big show. Big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. You ready? You guys ready? Passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach for BYU, Aaron Roderick. Some people have speculated it is Zach Wilson's job to lose. It's always wide open, and I get offended at the thought that it's just decided who the guy is. I'm always creating competition and always evaluating, and every single day, every position in this whole program is up for grabs. Just because you earn a job doesn't mean you just have it for the whole season. you got to perform to keep it. If we don't win, I lose my job. So I always play who I think gives us the best chance to win. If Baylor is ever able to go, then we'll see what he can do, but Right now, it's Jaron or Zach because they're the two that are practicing, and they're both doing a really good job. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Inbound pass to Trace out near midcourt. Utah goes man-to-man. Trace Tinkle picks up his dribble, looks for Ethan, gets it to Kelly. Back to Trace. Seven seconds left. Trace with six, with five. Tries to turn the corner to Lucas for the win out of the corner. Good! One point. There it is, the Chevy Strong play of the game, because that was the last play. The Cougars were done with their conference tournament. The Aggies already won theirs. Weber State and Southern Utah played earlier in the morning. The Jazz were supposed to play that night, and then obviously didn't. That was it, PK. There was the moment that the local college basketball season ended right there. No, That sort of summed up Utah's season. Yeah, right? Played just well enough to get beat dramatically at the end. All right, know it today at 4.50 on the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. 4.50. Now, usually, this is when we'd say find out who sucked this weekend, but uh, people were just sitting around the apartment house condo this weekend. Nobody played any games to suck this weekend. Dang it. All right, I've got one from the future. You ready, PK? Go ahead. It's too early to know. 
But right now with, uh, you know, a lot of people on edge and a lot of people seeing, uh, you know, either a reduction in income, possibly no income, the NFL is going ahead with free agency. Now, it's good for the NFL in that it creates a lot of, uh, a lot of hype and a lot of interest in all that. But uh, Kirk Cousins has agreed to a $66 million two-year extension today, $30 million guaranteed. Gets an additional $26 million fully guaranteed as part of the deal. Uh, now, also, there's, um, there's a couple other things. Franchise tag is going on uh, Derrick Henry in Tennessee. The franchise tag on Dak Prescott. As they announce these big deals, that doesn't look very good. When a waiter is looking at his tips getting crushed or, you know, someone who cleans a movie theater or an arena or whatever is losing their job. I got a I got a cousin. Um, he's part of the gig economy and his wife um, flies for Southwest Airline, one of the flight attendants. And so obviously they're both looking at taking a hit and uh He's younger than me, and they just had their second kid. So, obviously, he's stressed. So, you got people in circumstances like that, and the NFL is going to have to be, uh, they're going to have to be proactive out there. And, you know, there's, there's lots of things that can be done. Uh, Donovan Mitchell in the Good Morning America interview this, earlier this morning talked about how he's donating money to a school district, to the Granite District, to, uh, to help feed kids who aren't going to be in school. And Carl Anthony Towns is donating 100 grand up in Minnesota to help the Mayo Clinic to, uh, to, so they're ramping up testing up there. They can test more people. Uh, Rudy Gobert had his half-million-dollar donation. Uh, Steph Curry did a million. I mean, there's a lot of things out there. NFL's got to be careful about being tone-deaf here. Well, I think that uh, that's that's a difficult position, and I expect you to be donating money to your cousin then. So, since you just said he's going to be financially strapped, so good job by you donating money to your cousin because he's going to need that. You're welcome. And then here, you, you got to have businesses normal though. I mean that it, it's a heightened opportunity uh, awareness of this situation. But I mean, what do you expect the NFL do just to just to not announce it because it's still going to go on either yep. way. And they have this – their season games aren't being affected. So uh, who's to say that money that Cousins gets and whatever is not being put to better use than just stashing it for vacations in the Caribbean? We'll see how it plays out. I expect they will, uh, they will figure this out. But NFL free agency is underway, and it is now the only story. So – Dak Prescott, Derek Henry, franchise tag, and Kirk Cousins gets his, uh, his $66 million. All right, for those of you tuning in, we're waiting, hoping to get a call from uh, Spencer Cox, Lieutenant Governor of the State of Utah. I've been teasing it this morning, but something may have come up. So I know we originally had him booked at 9, and then he had to uh, move it back to 8.30, but something ran long, then he's in the squeeze, and we'll try to reschedule him for a, uh, a different day. DJ and PK, it's 97.5. It's 1280 The Zone. So, PK, we've been off for four days. How you been killing time? How have I been killing time? Well, I'm just you know, talking about the future to uh, my wife and daughter and making sure that as a 14-year-old who does turn 15 on Friday, Ooh. that she's aware of what all the situation is as far as that goes and having conversation, uh, cleaning 
massive cleaning on Saturday. You know, we've been in this house for a good long while, and at some point we're going to want to sell it, uh, probably you know, with only a ninth grader, not for a few years anyway. Uh, life is not necessarily on hold, but let's get to stuff more important then. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by the Lieutenant Governor, Spencer Cox. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. I apologize. I was supposed to be on earlier and got pulled away, but I, I have a few free minutes. And it's uh, I, I, I've always wondered what it would take to get me on with you guys. And it turns out pandemic is the answer. There it is. See? Uh, <laughs> Great. I know you're a little bit of a sports fan because I've seen you at multiple games, and I get when you're a politician, if you're a big sports fan, then you go to games. But even if you're not, you probably got to go because you got to be a man of the people. So before we get into how this is going to impact sports and all that, how big a sports fan are you? Uh, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan. Um, I, uh, in, in fact, it's probably a little unhealthy, um, but uh, my entire life, our family we did resolve revolved around sports and so i uh my first memories were at jazz games with my dad and uncle as a, as a little kid um going to college football games here in the state and uh that's that's just what we do with our family too so it's uh, sports is really really important and we're all really sad that we don't have any of it in our lives right now so is this all so i think with this oh, spot go ahead, go ahead with, with this virus We've got three levels, basically. We've got international, national, and local. And, and I can't get enough information at the local level, basically. I mean, when you guys were, what was it, uh, last Wednesday when you came on the air, uh, or was it Thursday? I, I can't even remember. Uh, I think it was Thursday, and you had your, your press conference. You know, I'm all over it. And listening to what you guys are saying, uh, one of the things that comes to mind is what is practical for people to do that we do everyday life. And we understand not gathering in massive groups. That's been eliminated now for the time being. But how about, you know, grocery store shopping, getting gas, maybe even going to the gym and work out. What is your counsel on that? Yeah, my counsel is to, uh, to take this more seriously than we're, uh, we're taking it right now. Um, but what we know from uh, from other nations and and from other states is that this is uh, this is evolving rapidly. Um, we know that it, it does spread rapidly. We know that the uh, that unfortunately the mortality rates are much higher than uh, than what we see with the the common flu, um, especially those that are at risk, uh, those over the age of sixty. But said all of us need to take this uh, this much more seriously. Um, the the we're, we're seeing now in New York and uh, California much more restrictions placed on going out into public and trying to uh, trying to avoid public contact as much as possible. But at the same time, we need to make sure that um, our economy keeps moving, and that's the uh, that's the real the real difficulty that we're all facing right now. Um, I, the, the hygiene stuff that you guys are talking about is, is really, really so important. Um, if you do go to the grocery store, of course, you know, wash your hands, make sure you're not touching your face, um, avoiding a, any type of, of grouping of people. I know we've limited it to 100 in the state of Utah, but the CDC came out yesterday and said 50. Um, I, you know, I'm, my counsel to my own family is, hey, 
let's let's take a couple of weeks. Let's avoid contact with with as many people as possible. Um, we'll keep doing our jobs. If you can work from home, do that. Uh, gyms are places where, and restaurants are places where we we share germs in a way that uh, that that can can be again very dangerous to people. And so I, I would just be extra cautious in any of those environments. Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Uh, This may be too specific for your knowledge, but as someone who jacked up his knee playing basketball in his 20s and uh, is worried about tearing an Achilles now, uh, I've kind of defaulted to swimming. And I often lap swim because of the time of day I go. I'm often the only person there. Obviously, you shouldn't be at a pool with, you know, 50 other people swimming. A swim team, that's a bad idea. We get that. But for the people who've got, uh, you know, relatively swim pretty much alone, does chlorine kill this thing or not? Or should we just not be in pools until, you know, the Jazz are back playing games? Wow, that is a very specific question, and I, I don't have a great answer for that one specifically. Um, I will tell you that uh, the, the state epidemiologist, we did have a conversation about hot tubs, and uh, and her recommendation was to uh, to avoid them. Again, kind of communal hot tubs, obviously, get your own, that's very, very different. So not sure uh, that that extends to cool. All right, it sounds like the governor's, uh, the lieutenant governor's uh, phone there dropped. Spencer Cox joined us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Y'all could try and get him back on the air. He's got a few more minutes, so we'll try to get him back there. But uh, when in doubt, don't, I think, then is the, is the uh, deal, PK. The lab, the lab swimming is off for a while. Gonna have to pull back from that one. Uh, yeah, I think that yeah. If you have any issues or any questions, it's better to err on the side of safety. I'm not any doctor. I can't provide any counsel. I'm not telling anybody what to do, but obviously take as much caution as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah. I'm speaking for myself right there, but uh, I will. I will be skipping the lap swimming here. Gonna have to replace it with a walking. Got him back, Yock. All right, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox is back with us. So, okay, oddly specific, but I'm going to err on the side of the caution and skip the lap swimming and, until you uh, direct message me and tell me it's, uh, I'm clear to go. That sounds good. How about just stuff like going to the park? Is that something that you would uh, counsel against, or is that okay? No, no, I think that that's the kind of stuff we, uh, you know, we want people to do. It's, it's still important to get outside, um, to get some fresh air, uh, to exercise wherever you can. Um, what, what, you, what you want to avoid are those common surfaces that, uh, that, that, that everyone is touching. I think that's where we get into problems. Being outdoors is a really, really good thing and a really healthy thing. Um, and uh, and a safer thing where you know we're hoping as the weather warms up and people are able to uh, to get outside that uh, that we'll we'll see uh, the, the the spread of this slow down a little bit. Unfortunately, because it is novel, um, we don't know that much about it. We're not sure yet if it follows kind of the seasonal patterns that the flu and uh, other viruses uh, follow. We're, we're very hopeful about that as warmer weather comes. But absolutely, getting outside, going on walks, uh, going to the park. Um, Staying, you know, keeping social distance, you know, staying six feet away from people, but is is very helpful. Um, but still, getting that uh, that that exercise and that that connection with nature is is absolutely something people should be doing. 
I suppose even something like, because we have obviously a lot of golfers listen to this show, and even something like golf, you know, you can be off the fairway in the rough 30 yards from everyone, just saying. Uh, but, you know, when you're in the pro shop, uh, if you're riding in a golf cart with somebody, if you're touching a golf cart that someone has driven earlier, are you just walking with the bag over your shoulder? I guess you kind of got to look at every detail and everything you might be thinking about doing. Exactly. Those, those are things to uh, be careful about, but that's a, that's a great example of being able to, uh, to get outside. There's usually plenty of distance between you and people, especially the way I golf. I'm, I'm always off by myself. So, uh, so I think that, that those are, those are great recommendations. Um, and, and just, just being careful, keeping a, you know, hand sanitizer with you as, as you exit the pro shop and, and you, uh, you know, you wash your hands and, and be careful with the, the people you're playing with. Make sure that they don't, uh, they don't have any symptoms of illness. How are the availability of testing coming along? Yeah, this has been uh, the the biggest the biggest headache we've had over the past couple weeks, and and uh, was the thing I, I worked on most over this this weekend. Um, unfortunately, as usually the case, <laughs> we've had uh, problems with uh, with the, the federal government when it comes to testing kits. There were mistakes made early in January and February, and uh, the, the the entire nation is is paying the price for that and making it up. They're finally starting to uh, ramp up uh, the the testing kits, and we've been able to get more and more of those. Um, but the the chemicals that you have to have to uh, to process the test um, are there. There's not enough of that piece. It, I, I compare it to ink in your printer like we you know we got the printer but now we need the ink and and so we're, we're really struggling and, and it's not just us it's every state we are working um, on with some uh, incredible companies here in Utah that have tests that are much uh, can be done much more rapidly they're actually using them overseas but the FDA hasn't approved them here yet in the state of Utah and so we're working with the FDA to get that approval process done all these hurdles that we have to uh, we have to jump through um, the good news is that we expect uh, during during this week, we will see significant increases in, in testing. Uh, we've already tested over 500 people um, here in the in the state of Utah, which is not nearly enough. Um, and we are increasing the, the testing capacity every day, especially now that ARUP at the University of Utah is able to test. And uh, IEC should be able to test any minute now, um, which is which is really good. Those those private tests ramping up. So so this is going to be critical for all of us to to increase testing so we can really get a sense of how widespread this is. It's hard to make decisions when you don't have good information. And that's what we've been lacking. You know, everything gets politicized these days. It's uh, it's just the way things are right now. And I think that um, because you're the same party as the party of the president and because you're not the news media, which isn't always trusted these days, I'm still seeing stuff in my social media about you got to go live your life. This is a hoax. The um, the fatality rate for this is, you know, 0.1 percent. So not from the media, not from the party that's out of power in the White House that has an axe to grind in election year. How seriously should people be taking this? You know, thank you, David. And this is probably the last thing I can say, and then I've got to go. But um, I, I, I beg people, uh, to implore people to take this seriously. This isn't a joke. Um, it's not the same as the flu. Um, the, 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 um, the mortality rate for the flu is point. The, the worldwide mortality rate right now for COVID-19 is 3.4%. That's 34 times. 
feet of Utah every every year. So if you want to take that and times it by 34, you see what we're talking about. Now they're Death rates are very low in the uh, in the United States right now, but that's because the virus is just uh, just starting to spread. Look at what's happening in Italy. Look at what happened in China. Look at what's happening in other countries. The reason we're taking this seriously is so we don't have those things happen. I want the mortality rate in Utah to be 0.1%, but that only happens if we take it seriously. And, uh, and so please, please, please don't listen to the, the crazy uncle on Facebook. Actually listen to, uh, to your state government, your local government, um, to those that are taking this seriously because we're, we're all trying to do the right thing. Thanks, and thanks for getting the word out, guys. All right, thank you. I know you got to run. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Don't listen to the crazy uncle on social media. That's the bottom line. All right. No, I never did. <laughs> Do you have them? <laughs> now, you know what's crazy about this whole thing? What? I mean, back in the day, you used to cough to hide a fart, and now you're farting to hide a cough. Yeah, I've seen that out there. Thanks, PK. <laughs> He's got a million of them, people. <laughs> I discovered a woman sitting on my couch. Turns out she's my wife. Seems like a pleasant lady. <laughs> There's so many of them out there. Yep. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks to Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox for joining us for a few minutes here. And we will be right back with more. If you missed Donovan Mitchell, we will catch you up to date on Donovan Mitchell and Good Morning America earlier today. Understand, we obviously weren't watching because... We were on the radio. But we understand it got preempted uh, by news that the stock market was taking a big dive and was down a couple thousand points, and they uh, halted trading there. So there was a special report breaking in over the top of the Donovan Mitchell interview. So we'll get that for you and get you up to speed next. Stay with us. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. A lot of times people will ask me if you wouldn't have been a professional football player, if you wouldn't have been a radio analyst, what would you have been? I always tell them a paleontologist. <laughs> I, We've done shows for a long time. You've never, ever mentioned that ever. I know. Paleo- 